This is KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 FM, krfp.org. The show is Labor Lines. I'm John Andercheck. As I've mentioned, you can reach me at laborlinejohn at yahoo.com. I have been recording my show from home using Audacity since March with COVID. Uh, There's some pluses and minuses to it. I'm going to go into the second part of the interview with Mark Anderlich. Uh, The first part there we discussed early on, uh, the impact of COVID, the weakness of the system beforehand. Uh, Great discussion with Mark, always a true friend, a true comrade. So here we go. Thank you. Again with Mark Anderlich. And Mark, uh, I was reflecting on your words on unemployment uh, and thinking of it uh, not only as, like you say, it's a it's a system or it's a political choice, uh, uh, you put it better yet, but I also was thinking of it as, in a sense, a disease uh, when you think of, or when I th- reflect on the impact on employment of humans are social animals, um, and I mean this with all respect, and it's it's recognized across the spectrum from organized religion to humanism uh, without any uh, sense of the deity. And uh, and now we're into uh, the opposite of this, where uh, people are isolated dramatically now, to say the least. That's not uh, overstatement by COVID. Um, and, you know, you could speak about the alternative that's being put out to the CARES and the HEROES Act. Uh, go wherever you want. But again, um, uh, another thought was that um, if you're not at the workplace and people need good uh, work, work that recognizes the the dignity of every human being uh, and the respect of work, the dignity of work. Um, we need it. But then again, uh, if you're isolated, uh, if you're not at the workplace, you can't organize your workplace, can you? So go wherever you want with this, Mark. Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a big topic. And there's a lot of uh, parts to that. One, two thoughts. First one was just about how unemployment affects people, right? And you you mentioned isolation, where, you know, for good or for ill, our culture has developed into uh, a lot of our social time is at work. And if we lose unemployment, we lose a lot of our social connections. And, um, and that's, that does not, that's not healthy for people, right? To lose a lot of those social connections. And what's even more, um, and I experienced this too when I've been unemployed, where um, you feel like somehow you're failed, you, you're failing. And um, even if you get fired for wrong reasons, right? I mean, <laughs> um, which I, I have experienced uh, myself and um, for, you know, not, not for bad reasons got fired. Um, and I, I still felt like I failed, like I was, um, you know, not contributing to society, like I've, you know, been exiled or something. And, and you're right. What that does is that undermines people's self-confidence and it undermines their, uh, their well-being and it undermines their ability to organize with others, right? Either on the job or in, in elsewhere in society that, it, it, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of you, you you sometimes wonder how far can people tolerate, you know, the kind of abuses that neoliberalism dishes out. Um, and, uh, you know, part of that has 
has to do with, well, people need to feel like they're important enough and that they're able enough to fight back. And unemployment is something that really undermines that, that sense of well-being um, and that ability to organize. Um, and the second thought I had was uh, kind of taken off on, on uh, you know, the alternatives um, to the uh, um, the CARES Act, especially, but the HEROES Act is, is just which passed the, the U.S. House of Representatives. It barely passed. It only had passed by like ten votes or something like that. Um, and um, and it's probably you know a dead letter for the U.S. Senate. Now there are some really important things in the HEROES Act that should be funded and should be taken care of, like there's state government fund or state and local government funding and and, and tribal government funding and Things like that. There's there's a laundry list of things, but the bulk of it just doubles down on the CARES Act, which um, really says it makes as a policy that we will tolerate high levels of unemployment. We will pay people extra benefits for unemployment, but that unemployment is our policy, and um, and I think that uh, uh, that is a huge mistake. And I think uh, – and the other part of the CARES Act that a lot of people um, that didn't get that much press was the the trillions of dollars of lines of credit and other subsidies for private equity, for uh, big corporate – for certain big corporations, you know, other financial institutions, Right. I mean, you know, it was two trillion dollars to bail out small business and uh, and and the rest of us, four trillion dollars to bail out Wall Street, essentially. So um, as a line of credit, and uh, uh, so I have a big problem with the CARES Act for that. Um, on the other hand, though, there is alternatives and there's ways uh, of dealing with this. You know, there's been a lot of uh, debate about. Um, well, we should we should open up the economy sooner <clears throat> to um, you know to deal with this unemployment, to deal with business failures, to deal with the the fact that you know uh, uh, the economy is in the is totally in the tank right now, and we're looking at a Great Depression too. I think we're probably in it already, but um, we're certainly well uh, speeding our way toward that. And so uh, a lot of, you know, people, not a lot, some people, minority of people, put it that way, I think it's pretty clear, uh, but they're, they're probably a majority of business people who are saying, no, we got to, let's reopen before we've got control of the coronavirus. Okay, because they're afraid of the economy. Okay, well, fair enough. And, uh, but most people are like, no, we, we got to keep this shut down until we get a handle on the coronavirus. But then they're also worried about the economy, too. So, you know, what is the solution um, in this immediate instance? And and that is something that uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal out of Seattle uh, has proposed. And it's called the Paycheck Guarantee Act. And really, she borrows the idea from uh, lots of other countries have done this, a, a lot in Europe, uh, in um, in the Pacific uh, area, some in Asia, um, where the government, um, uh, who can create unlimited amount of money, right? There's no, 
they they didn't pull out you know two trillion dollars out of their out of their back tax pocket, right? They just created two trillion dollars and spent on the economy under the CARES Act. Um, so they what how the money should have been better spent, in my opinion, is not to subsidize unemployment, but to subsidize the businesses, right? And the paychecks of people. So you keep people employed, you keep them connected to their health insurance, you keep them connected to whatever benefits that they currently have. Now, this is this is an emergency move. This is not, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, and you also pay businesses overhead, right? If they're, if they're failing, if they can't open or if they're not making it, um, you know, help them pay their rent and their utilities, right? And their, and their payroll, which is for most businesses, you know, at least 75% of their, of their costs. And that way you, you, we, you, and Jayapal also puts in some certain requirements of businesses to get this money. So in other words, uh, there are some conditions, right? And some conditions that strengthen workers' power in the workplace, which I think is really important uh, part of this. Now, um, uh, in, you know, in these other countries, they've shown that, yeah, uh, their unemployment rates are, are higher, but they're nowhere near where they're at here in this country. And uh, business bankruptcies are really starting to uptick here in the United States, um, not so much in these countries that have passed this bill. So it takes away the sort of the economic panic uh, element uh, of trying to reopen. So, you know, there's no reason why we couldn't, uh, you know, stay uh, locked down and, and do what all the public health officials are telling us to do excuse me, to do, um, and yet we, we can know that once this is done, once we've done with this pandemic, that there isn't going to be, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of small businesses gone bankrupt. And, uh, you know, right now we're probably at over 40 million people unemployed. That's, that is just completely unacceptable. And uh, that we shouldn't have that many unemployed people, right? People should still be attached to their jobs, still getting their paycheck. And that that would, the economic recovery after the COVID will be much easier uh, with this kind of bill that Jayapal is, is proposing. And interestingly enough, in the Senate, there are two Republican senators who are proposing basically the same bill. That's Josh Hawley of Missouri and Corey Gardner of Colorado. And they don't have the requirements of businesses to empower, you know, to build worker power like Jayapal has. Um, and they're less generous in the money part of it. But essentially, it's the, the same basic idea. And uh, even, even the conservative government in the United Kingdom under Boris Johnson has passed such a law where they, they passed it back on March 11th where they guarantee 80% of all workers' paychecks, um, regardless of the business is going or not. And, um, and that's something that is, uh, you know, it's working and it's, it's even working in Britain, right? And with the conservative government, we can't even get to, to the point of, uh, uh, you know, having Jayapal's bill was not seriously taken by the democratic leadership in the HEROES Act 
And like I said, the Heroes Act just doubled down, just doubled down on the uh, on the CARES Act, and that's probably a, a dead end right now. So we'll see if you know Jayapal's bill uh, has any life. It's got 92 co-sponsors at this point. It's uh, House Resolution 6918. And uh, and we'll see if these Republicans in the Senate sponsor sponsor their bill. And I think that those three legislators are working together. So we'll see what what we can do. And again, the worker protections in Paul's bill. Uh, would you go over those again? Because that's interesting. That sounds like um, uh, a necessary component of it. Otherwise, uh, you could be arguing that it's uh, it's not meeting the crisis that existed before uh, COVID-19. Right. And so, and so she, you know, it's interesting because um, it could be argued that, you know, and I've seen some arguments say, well, that's just kind of subsidizing the capitalists. Well, it, it's it, in a, in an indirect way. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, but there's two important caveats. Okay. So one is that um, the uh, productive capacity of this country, what's left of it, and it's been certainly hollowed out, uh, is something that is is should be seen as all of our collective uh, uh, inheritance, right? That people work their tails off for decades and decades and decades to create this capacity, okay? And, uh, and that capacity, and, and a lot of it is small business, right? Um, that, uh, uh, you know, if, if we, well, let's put it this way, that, that should be our collective heritage, okay? Number one, from, you know, coming from a socialist viewpoint, that's, <laughs> that's very much a part of, uh, you know, that, that uh, we, all, we all create the wealth that the wealthy have, right? So that's, in some sense, it is ours, uh, even though we don't have control of it. And number two is that, um, uh, you know, the, the big corporations aren't going to be the ones, I mean, there, there'll be some of them that have been hollowed out. Boeing, Boeing may go belly up. I mean, that's, uh, unless they get more direct, uh, you know, rescue money, but they've been mismanaged under, under, uh, uh, under neoliberal, uh, management for, you know, for the last 20 years or so. And so, uh, that could be something that is, um, uh, that, that is, uh, uh could be done. Um, but mostly small business are the ones that are go, going to go belly up. And who's going to scoop up, who's going to have the capacity to scoop up all of these bankrupt small businesses, uh, but uh, the, big, the big boys, right? Uh, Wall Street, private equity, large corporations. Um, if we don't, if we allow these small businesses to go bankrupt, we're going to strengthen, we're going to help create monopolies. And, and, and healthcare is going to be probably the next one up uh, to become uh, the, the purview of just a handful of very powerful corporations. So that's not in our interest either. And the last part of it is, is that um, Jai Paul's bill does, uh, I'm trying to find specifically um, what, um, what she's demanding, but it's, 
you know, the bill could be done. I mean, basically, it's like negotiations, right, um, which the Democrats are terrible at on, on in Congress, it seems like, um, because they bargain against themselves. Well, the Senate will never go for this. So we're not going to ask for what we really want. We're going to we're going to ask for what we think we can get. Well, you know, anyone who's been involved in labor negotiations know, well, the other side's just going to drive that down even further. Right. <laughs> so, you're 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 not even going to get what you think you can get, right? I mean, it's just bad. It's just stupid bargaining, uh, bad bad practice. And um, so Jayapal put down a few things like, um, you know, having uh, uh, workers be on boards of directors, right? Or having, um, you know, uh, it, it, uh, having a, a, a written pledge, legally enforceable, that the employer will respect workers' rights, having a basically a, a card check agreement, maybe, or a neutrality agreement um, to make sure that workers have uh, paid uh, sick leave, right? Uh, you know, there are some things that can be bargained like that. And, um, you know, it, the political process is, is not a, uh, a straight line process. So, uh, but but she does introduce things like that, and there's some others too that um, could help lay the foundation for um, workers uh, not only you know saving these businesses and and restricting uh, the ability of monopolies to to you know take advantage of this uh, bank you know this economic situation, but also to strengthen workers' hands in organizing on the job. And maybe even a little bit uh, organizing, uh, you know, on Capitol Hill, too. We, you know, um, but that being said, that's her bill generally has way more vision and way more um, uh, real benefits for workers and for our economy than than the CARES or HEROES Act uh, pretends to. That's interesting. Uh, Some interesting points there. And, of course, there's that commonality between these small business owners to a greater and lesser degree. Some uh, don't care. Uh, but, you know, uh, we're kind of uh, in the era of the, well, it makes me think of Abe Lincoln, Civil War. Either we uh, hang together or they hang us one by one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and, and going back to negotiations, right, I would always uh, say, like in real estate, you know, uh, if you're, if you're selling, you know, you can uh, you can come down, but you can't go up or vice versa. Right. You know, when I used to buy right. timber, you know, we could you could uh, you know, you could uh, offer more, but you're not going to be able to offer less. So and and with the owner on the other side, uh, it's it, uh, again, all these all this again, going back to the camel's back, uh, Mark, how we started this conversation out. You sent me that email a few days ago yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, across the. Across the spectrum, we've just seen the weaknesses that have been exposed by COVID. And I've been saying that I feel that this is the, the wars to come. Uh, we're a planet of 7 billion people, a nation of 300 million plus. It's a complex society. I think it was Mencken that said for every complex question, there's a simple answer. The only problem is that simple answer is going to be wrong. Uh, it's going to be complex uh, uh answers to all of this but to me this is the a war to come a lot of other things we could be talking about is how we should be preparing for the next one and that to me goes back to the idea of um uh, a recognition that we need uh, a strong government a robust government and 
uh, going back again to neoliberalism, which kind of shares the same uh, uh, outlook or the same uh, verbiage, if you will, not the same outlook to other parts of the political spectrum. In that uh, the nation state, you know, is defunct. There is no nation state going back to Thatcher. There's no society. Um, I think that's uh, uh, you and I obviously agree that COVID just, again, broke the back, exposed this. But we knew we knew that it was out there uh, again across all lines. And another thing we haven't even talked about, uh, the elephant in the room literally is uh, climate change. Uh, You know, we can't. respond to climate change, you know, you've been seeing some of this stuff, Mark, and I'm kind of uh, veering off here, but how uh, air quality is improved and all, but we're not, we can't deal with climate change by shutting down the economy. Right. Uh, right. Uh, right. And that, and, and, and so that, you're exactly right. And so what that demands is that we have, um, it's sort of like we have to walk and chew gum at the same time. We have to have a government who has an industrial policy to make the transition from, you know, fossil fuel energy production to non-fossil fuel energy production. And um, that's a huge undertaking, obviously, uh, but it's absolutely necessary one. And we don't get that without having, um, you know, I would say two things. Um, I mean, we could do the Chinese model where they have a very strong, uh, central government, but they don't have very much democratic uh, uh, control, right? And so, uh, or it, it's not a it's not a democracy. You know, you can't argue the Chinese Communist Party is is democratic. No, but, that doesn't make you a xenophobe to say that. That just that, that no, no. You, you can no, recognize, but, yeah, you can recognize our weaknesses at the same time. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it, it's um, it, there's you know, it's not moral relativism. So, but go ahead. Right, right, right. But 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 they, what they do get right is they have you know um, they have a lot of technocrats, right, that understand much better you know uh, and, and uh, the, how the economy works and how to make that transition. And they're not with, they're not insensitive to people's needs. In general, not but but not as much as in a democracy. So, if we want to do better than the Chinese, we need to develop industrial policy like the Chinese do all the time. They have their five-year plans, right? And and uh, and uh, they've had to revise this plan actually this year uh, because of the coronavirus. But anyway, but if we're going to do it better than them, which we can. That means we also have to have a more robust democracy. We have to actually have more political democracy over the economy than we currently do. I've said long you can't have democracy and capitalism at the same time. They're a contradiction. Capitalism is not democratic. And so we need to, in, we need to bring democracy into the economy because – uh, because that is the way, number one, you get buy-in. People, if people have some stake in the game, right, then they will, and some say in how things go, then they're more apt to take whatever conclusions are reached by whomever is putting together the industrial policy to change our economy. 
and you get more buy-in, you get you, the plan will become more um, successful because people believe in 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 democratic uh, process that you know you you come up with something that everyone can live with, right? And um, and that instead of having you know like uh, uh, people not having any skin in the game, therefore they're not going to put in so much to make it happen. Um, so I, I think that we could do better, uh, but yet um, we need uh, you know we need more democracy politically political wise. But that means that we have to somehow find a way of bringing in um, democracy into our economy. Um, and uh, and then and then do industrial planning. I mean, industrial planning is done now in this country, in the United States. It's neither. It's not democratically done. It's done by the rich and powerful. They set the they set the plans, and we have no influence over them. So we right. have, we almost have the worst of all worlds, right? We our industrial policy is left in the hands of the of, of the wealthy, the the ownership class. And, uh, and we don't have any say whatsoever. So, um, and neoliberalism just loves it that way, right? That's exactly how it should be. Um, and so this is, you know, this is why we rail against neoliberalism. It's, it's the barrier preventing us from really making a successful and just transition, you know, so that workers aren't being thrown under the bus uh, to make this necessary change happen. Right. It can't be a poor man's war. It can't be a, no. a version of a poor man's war uh, uh, because people won't tolerate it. It just won't happen. So climate change, you know, the climate crisis, the existential crisis, uh, will we will not meet it if we don't make it a just transition, like you said. And, and I've mentioned yeah. in uh, my discussion with you uh, the webinar recently with the Blue uh, Green Alliance, and I recommend anyone listening to this uh recording when they get an opportunity to check that out uh the, the one statement uh from one of the participants was that you can't deal with uh, the climate till you deal with labor and again you're not going to deal with uh labor unless you, like you say you have a stake in the game and you made another good point is that uh if on the face of it, you think the United States doesn't have a na an industry policy, a national economic policy, but it does almost by default. And again, like you say, it's it's like uh, the market will deal with it. Uh, it. You almost could say that our, our our industrial policy was the hollowing out of our industry. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was that was part of the plan. And that is, you know, and it was done to support the stock prices of these big corporations, essentially, right? And uh, because of the market. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's a um, it, 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 we have that's our fault again. You know, it, it, China did not force us to give up our you know national economic policy to the rich and powerful. China did not do that. Russia did not do that. We did that. And our leadership enabled, basically our leadership, I would say, lied to us or deceived us or, you know, told us what we wanted to hear on the one hand while doing things on the other hand. And I think this is, um, uh, you know, becoming obvious in this really kind of strange and pathetic presidential political season.
Um, yeah, to say the we, least, yes. We like to say every four years we're told that's the most important presidential election. Um, uh, we can get into that some other time, but that's interesting. I, I actually do consider it's probably most, the most important vice presidential picks. But again, going back to the economy, going back to this neoliberal program, which you and I have talked about how it seems like the Democrats are more open about embracing it. On the other side, you know, when you talk about the defense of capitalism, the defense of the market from the other side of the spectrum, the right, who likes to play their side of the culture wars, you know, family, community, uh, you can't have it both ways. Uh, you can't defend the family. You can't defend community at the same time uh, defending uh, the destructive, what do they call it, destructive innovation, uh, destructive right. uh, uh, creativity of 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 the market. Uh, it's laid waste, literally laid waste to neighborhoods, communities, families. Uh, I am yeah. absolutely of the opinion that the meth crisis, the opioid crisis, the uh, addiction crisis, uh, domestic abuse crisis, uh, uh, lies at the foot of, of the hollowing out of our economy, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it makes it, it certainly makes it worse um, in, in uh, like, by exponentially, right? Um, because uh, people, again, you know, we talked about unemployment. When you're unemployed, you feel as if you failed somehow. This is kind of how we've been raised and how we've been taught. And, and, and there's so many, and there's other intricate connections with people at work. And so when things like this happen, you know, the, the system keeps telling that neoliberalism keeps saying, well, look, this is the end of ideology. We're not ideological anymore. We let the market take care of this, okay? Which is, of course, ideological <laughs> in right. itself. But, um, so, but if, if, if people... If people don't have something else, you know, some other place to stand to look back and reflect on their situation, they will come to believe that, you know, that in the whole universe, I'm a failure. And what do you, how do you live with that, right? I mean, there's so much self-medication going on, like you're talking about the opioid crisis. Um, and, and, you know, there's domestic violence. You know, and some of these have roots in other sort of isms like sexism, right? right. Um, but 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 it, it's made worse by the fact, you know, it's touched upon for sure in a very substantial way by our economic system and by by neoliberalism. And so um, the uh, uh, you know the neo we I've said this before, but the the ideal the homo economists is what they call it. The ideal economic person under neoliberalism. In fact, they talk about this too. Some of the, some of the proponents of the, the theoretical proponents of neoliberalism will talk about this, that it's uh, that the person the the homo economist, the economic man, literally is someone who is always gauging their self-interest, right? So that, um, it, it, and it pushes out love. It pushes out family. It pushes out community. Okay, and 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 generosity and you know good human traits. They don't have a room in the marketplace for neoliberals. They, in fact, they distort the market. They ruin the 
the principle of the market. So what it what it does is, and, and labor unions fit in that category too, right? That's a, an organized monopoly or something. I don't know what, what language they would use, but um, it, 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 uh, labor unions distort the market. And, um, and so, you know, if you've got uh, human love that distorts the market, well, neoliberalism is going to find a way of, of pushing human love out of the equation. Right out of out of society doesn't exist, right? Or it's so you know it's like yeah you know um, it's not that important, um, which is a way of dismissing it too, right? So um, uh, which makes it even more um, uh, uh, despairing for people um, uh, because you know it's their fault and they sh- you know they should be looking out for number one. And they should be, you know, it's dog eat dog, and and if they're not doing dog eat dog, then then they get what they deserve. They're suckers. Right. Yeah. Right. They're suckers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, close up here. I think uh, uh, I think probably the, one of the biggest uh, forces we have to fight is that despair and uh, 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 the antithesis of all this, the opposite of all this, the. Uh, holy water on the devil uh, is solidarity. Uh, you offer it every day uh, in what you do. Uh, Mark Anderlich, uh, Missoula, Montana, a comrade, a friend, uh, contributed to my production and programming. Uh, you've given us a lot of time, and I'm going to uh, close it off here. Thanks again, Mark, and uh, look forward to the next time we can do this. Yeah, you bet, John. Thank you very much. And you do, you do great work here, so um, please support uh, John's work here. KRFP 90.3 FM, Moscow, Idaho, krfp.org, where we stream live. The show is Labor Lines. As I mentioned before, KRFP is a community-supported, community-supporting radio station. I know times are tough, but if you would consider joining us, you can find out how our membership levels and all at krfp.org. So for this show, recorded for July 28th, had over 90 minutes of a two-hour show of interviews, uh, a more current one with Stephen Lerner and that past discussion with Mark. It's going to finish up uh, the rest of the show with some music. My name is John Andercheck, and you can reach me at laborlinejohn at yahoo.com. Thank you so much. I'll be so glad when, uh, when the sun go down. When the sun go down. I'll be so glad when, uh, when the sun go down. When the sun go down. I ain't all that's leaving, but uh, I wanna lie down. But I wanna lie down. I ain't all that's leaving, but uh, I wanna lie down. But I wanna lie down. matter baby yeah uh-huh. I can't see well, I can't see oh what got the matter baby yeah uh-huh. I can't see well, I can't see no deciding that a driver's boat uh-huh. is down on me down on me no deciding
been through No celebrated glory Or wealth may in their end Lost out in the desert With the other men Eight Irish workers Chosen for the day With the Chinese labor Ten mile of tracks they lay From the chill of morning Into the burning sun Racing to the future tribute to the migrant workers of India. Before that, Black Irish Band, Eight Irish Workers, and started out this musical set 
with I Can't Wait Till the Sun Goes Down, traditional music of the black railroad workers, the Gandhi dancers, uh, the songs they used to work in rhythm as they brought in the rails, uh, laying down and straightening out rail tracks before it's all been modernized. This has been Labor Lines. I'm recording this from my home in Idaho County. John Andercheck is my name. You can reach me at laborlinejohn at yahoo.com. This is KRFP 90.3, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 FM. You can find our live stream on krfp.org, where you can find out how, if you're interested in supporting this community station, krfp.org. I am going to close out, as I has, have been for a while now, with Warren Zevon. Don't let us get sick. Thank you now. Let us be together tonight.